What is prayer? Let's talk about prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is talking and listening to God. Whether it be in private or in public. Prayer is talking and listening to God. I think we're all familiar with the talking part. Because we love to talk. And we have a whole list of things we want to ask God. But we have to recognize also that prayer, prayer time is a time as Orrin Carpenter told us today during prayer time, it's a time to listen. It's a time to be still and to know that he is God. Sometimes you will hear more from God if you practice listening. Prayer can be silent and prayer can be loud. In other words, you can speak it out loud. Or you can do it internally. It's called silent prayer. And sometimes in your silent prayer, your mouth may be moving, no words are coming out, but it's because you want to practice saying it. And uh, there, uh, there's at least one example in the Bible that we know where the mouth was moving, but no words were coming out. So, as I was thinking about this, and I was basing it on Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 11 through 16. Remember, I preached last week on all of it, but I left prayer out intentionally. Because if my people that are called by my name shall do some things, I'm going to hear from heaven I'm going to heal their land. I'm going to heal their diseases. In fact, when I send out some things in the world around them, I'm going to protect them against it. And when my people are not doing those things and the things that I send out affect the people around them and it's also affecting them, it's because they are not doing the things that I asked them to do. To humble themselves. I think some of us find it the most difficult thing to do. So I said, if I were to write a book on prayer, what would be my outline? The table of contents. I thought, in order to start, the, there is a word that uh, theologians use, prolegomenon. The, what would be the introductory statement? What would be the way that I introduce this into, uh, in, in the book to people who want to hear it? My first thing would be, to talk about Jesus and prayer. 
And then after that, I will talk about the priority of prayer. I will talk about the priority of prayer. And by the way, when you're going out today, for those of you who are interested, the ushers will give you an outline paper of what I'm talking about and the passages that I'm dealing with. Okay, they will give them to you. If you don't want it, please don't ask it because I put too much work in it for you to just throw them away. So we'll talk about Jesus and prayer is the most important thing for us to know if he is our Lord, he is our King, he is our Messiah. If he practiced prayer to the point where one time it felt like blood was coming out of him and he wasn't cut. If prayer is that important to Jesus, then what is it to us? So I talked about it, the priority of prayer after that. And then I'm going to, in that book, I'll talk about the passages of prayer. This is, these are not the only passages of prayer in the Bible, but I feel they're the most important. And therefore, I want you to have them. And I don't want you to just have them, but I want you to actually go over them. In Mark chapter 11, verse 17, God said, I want my house to be what? A house of prayer. And we want this house to be the house of prayer. So we talk. I, I will talk in that book about Jesus and prayer. Then I'll talk about the priority of prayer. Then I will talk about the passages of prayer. Then I'm going to talk about the principles of prayer. But in the principles of prayer, I'm going to emphasize the persistency of prayer. And then I'm going to talk about the things that uh, we don't do too much anymore about prayer. I'm going to talk about the positions of prayer. What? Because we have examples in the Bible. What positions should we be in when we're praying? And after that, I'm going to talk about the purpose of prayer. And I have not I have left it singular instead of plural for a reason. The purpose of prayer. And then I will talk about, write about the power of prayer. The power of prayer. And to close it out, I will write about the promises of prayer. That's if I write a book. And in the promises, I will talk about the providence of God in prayer. But since I am not writing a book and I don't have time to go over those, I'm going to talk about the most basic things about prayer. The most basic definition of prayer is talking to God. Amen? It's talking to God. Prayer is the primary way for the believer in Jesus Christ to communicate with God. Whether it be in private or it be in public.
public. If your private prayer is diametrically opposed to your public prayer, you may be faking prayer. Do you need me to go over that? Okay. <laughs> if your private prayer is diametrically opposed to your public prayer, you may be faking prayer. If you pray in private for one minute and we ask you to pray in public and we have to stop you from praying because you've taken 25 minutes. It's not good. If in private prayer you're able to confess your sins and you're able to say to God the things that you want, the people that you're praying for, but you don't make announcements, but then you get in public and 85% of your prayer is announcement. You may be faking prayer. What do I mean by this? Some of us shock people in our prayers by bringing out things. Let's say we ask uh, Adam to pray. And Adam gets up. And without anybody knowing anything, say, Lord, I just want to thank you for allowing Jenna to say yes to my proposal last night. <laughs> you could have just stood up right after that offering time and said, hello church, I would like to make an announcement. I'm engaged. And she said yes. <laughs> it's amazing how sometimes in church we turn prayer time to public announcements. That's not what it's supposed to be. Oh, you've said a lot of bad things about the pastor all week. And then it's uh, prayer time. Lord, I thank you for sending us a good pastor. He has been so good to me. He's always loving his people. It's totally opposite what you said last night. Praise the Lord. Yes. In public prayer, you can express your emotions as you do in your private prayer. But you do it because you always view yourself in the presence of God. And you're not trying to impress anybody. Yeah. 
can be audible or silent, private or public, formal or informal. It's really amazing when we get the chance and the opportunity to allow other people to agree with us, how many of us actually want to pray? The power of two or three gathering together in my name for support. Sometimes God does not move until the community moves. In fact, sometimes I know without a fact that God does not move until the whole country moves. These are not things that I thought up myself sitting in my study. These are things that you all know also. And you can tell if I'm telling you lies. In fact, we know that the whole city of Nineveh Not only pray, but they declare the fast. Get this. If you were to use their example and compare it to America today, even their dogs went on fast. And God moved. So then, because of this, I want, I, want, I want to deal with some theological things about prayer. Because the Bible teaches that God's plan is settled and preordained. Amen, lights? And that God cannot make any mistakes. And therefore, what he plans will come to pass. Now, do you all agree with that? But the Bible also teaches that Christians ought to pray. In fact, the Bible doesn't say Christians ought to pray, but the Bible says Christians ought to pray continuously without ceasing. So, the question is, if God's plan is solid and unchangeable, why does God command us to pray if his will is going to be done anyways? And this again is the question of divine sovereignty and human responsibility. We deal with it all the time. We deal with it even in salvation. If God's will is sovereign, if God will do whatever he wants to do anyways, why is he asking us to pray? You cannot deny that he asked you to pray, right? And you cannot deny that he is sovereign. You cannot deny that God is waiting on you in order to do what he's going to do when he did it yesterday. Oh. 
It's heavy theology and you may be confused already. Okay, let me, let me tell you this. Let, let me give you an example. You remember Peter? <laughs> you remember the boat? You remember Jesus walking towards the boat? How many people were in the boat? The Bible didn't tell us. Okay? But the Bible said the disciples were in the boat. If it said the disciples, it wasn't just Peter. Right? And they saw something coming towards them. And they realized right away that it was Jesus. Was it just Peter that recognized it was Jesus? Now, who asked Jesus, Hey, can I join you? Was Peter dumb? He knew it was water. He knew Jesus was the Lord. He knew Jesus was Lord over water. He knew Jesus was the King of Kings, walking on water. What made him think he could walk on water also? You got to have faith. You got to believe. Now, let me ask you a question. We're getting theological here. Do you think that the other disciples could also walk on water? Sometimes even if they don't believe. If they believe in the one who is walking on the water. And they ask him, can I come join you? And he said, come join me. And you know he loves you. And he knows you can't swim. <laughs> and he said, come join me. Now, now let, let me tell you this. Is it possible? I'm just using my sanctified imagination here. Is it possible that Jesus could ask... Based on his power and his grace, is it possible that Jesus could ask all of the disciples, hey, all of you come up here. You think he could do that? What do you think was going through the minds of the disciples? They saw, they saw Peter say, can I join you? He said, come up. We won't tell you what happened to him later. But, <laughs> but he said, come up, right? So I'm, I'm going through my mind. I'm saying, Jesus, you knew Peter was going to ask you anyway. Right? You knew the others weren't going to ask, but you gave them an opportunity. Now, can we say that so many times the reason we don't understand prayer is because God is going to do what he's going to do anyway, but he wants you to ask. Yes. 
If you ask me, I'm going to grind it. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Now, please, don't, don't get me wrong, because I teach Greek. Okay? All those verbs are in the present tense. And in the present tense in Greek, Greek present tense has not nothing to do with time but with action. So when it is in the present tense, it is a repeated action. So what Jesus is actually saying is, keep on asking. Keep on asking. And you keep on receiving. Keep on seeking. And you keep on finding. Keep on knocking. And the door will be open for you. Are you getting the point? So, if God wants us to keep on asking, it means that he has so much bountiful blessings for us that we have time and eternity to keep asking him. The unfortunate thing is we limit ourselves. We limit ourselves in theological discussions, wasting our time, on whether we're Calvinists or Armenians, while all the blessings are just flying past us. I'm Calvinist. I'm Armenian. He didn't say keep on debating. He said ask. And you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. Now, of course, God knows what he's going to do. He's in charge of what he's going to do. But he said, ask me anyway. Charles Spurgeon told a story, and I want to apply it to prayer, of a king that provided a big banquet in this palace. And he told his servants, "Say, I want you to go out and I want you to invite anybody you find out there. They kept going out and they said, hey, the king wants you to come to the palace for a great big banquet. And they're looking and they're dressed just like I'm dressed right now. They said, you want me to go to the king's palace this way? How many of you think that if President Trump invites me to the White House, I'll go like this? I'm going to get some people to get mad at me here. <laughs> He said, Pastor, we'll fire you if you accept the invitation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey! 
Do you do you get the point? The point I'm saying is that uh, sometimes we just miss God's blessing. Everyone they saw, they said, oh no, we're not dressed for the party. We're not dressed to go in for the banquet and everything. But one of them just said, well, maybe let me try it. He went in. And he was going, he was looking to see if somebody's going to stop him. Say, what are you doing here? And while he looked around, he just all of a sudden looked back. And he saw a big sign in the back. Welcome to you, Greg. We've been waiting for you. His name was Greg. And he looked up and he saw a big banner sign that says, Welcome, Greg. We've been waiting for you. Amen. There are a lot of things that are going to happen in your life if you just obey God. Amen. And when you get on your knees, you already knew you lied yesterday. That's why he said, if you confess your sins. But too many times, we limit ourselves to the blessing of God because we are too focused on ourselves. And don't believe enough that God is who he says he is and he will do all the things that he says he will do. Prayer is described in the Bible as seeking God's favor. Seeking God's favor. In other words, you want to do, you want him to do for you something that you think is not ordinary. Amen? Seeking God's favor. Let's say I'm not saying that I have done this before. And I'm not saying that you should think that I do it on a regular basis. But let's say I'm just driving and minding my own business on Highway 101. And there's a red light flashing behind me. And they stopped me and said, uh, Sir, do you know how fast you were going? And I said, officer, please have mercy on me. <laughs> what, what was I doing? Seeking favor. I know some of you probably say, no, no, I wasn't going, you know. It was saying 55. And, you know, I said, Officer, I'm guilty as charged. Please have mercy on me. Or I could say, I just have, I just went to the doctor to give me a lead on my foot. Yeah. And I couldn't lift it off the accelerator. I know 
I am guilty. I'm a sinner. But I can still come to you. So there is no reason why anybody at Village Baptist Church could not, should not be excited about going to prayer. You seek the favor of God. I'll give you scripture verses if you want them. Prayer is also pouring out one's soul to the Lord. Now some of those you have to do in private. I know Village Baptist loves you. Do some of it in private. Amen. Because we have some reporters around us. <laughs> It'll be different if we have a colonial community. Some of you, I don't see you, but on Sundays. <laughs> That's why we can't call ourselves a colonial community. And I don't know who you know you're going to talk to. Ooh, did you hear what the pastor confessed in his prayer today? <laughs> prayer is crying out to God. If you've never cried in prayer, I have problem with you. It's a way to draw ourselves near to God. I hate to disappoint you. But a true Christian, a real Christian, is known in prayer, not in church worship. If you're going to tell whether we're a real wonderful Christian church, look at our knees and see whether they have signs in them. Amen. You be stand with the heads upside down. <laughs> in fact, let, let, me, let me do this. And I'm not trying to accuse anybody. But I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. And somebody read verse 14 for us. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. Ephesians three fourteen. Actually, that's, that's enough. What does that say to you? Kneeling before God. Kneeling before God is not something that was invented in 
2018 or 2017? Kneeling before God is a position of prayer. And prayer teaches us not to be anxious. Because Paul tells us we don't need to be anxious about anything. But in every situation, in every prayer, we should do it by petition. We should pray by petition with thanksgiving. And do what? Present our requests to God. That's where we got prayer requests from. But unfortunately, we have abused it. And many, many places, many, you know, I don't allow too, too much in my cell group because we just go on prayer requests. We will spend 25 minutes talking about prayer requests and pray for five minutes. Because we think prayer requests is a gossiping time. I don't want you all to get mad at me. People who worry a lot are people who pray less. When I started learning how to swim properly, <laughs> and I have just a few minutes, but when I started learning how to swim, the person who was teaching me, Susan McGreeve, used to be Susan Parker then. Told me I was swimming like the man from Atlantis. He said, but you're not swimming properly because you can't even go too far before you go all to the bottom of the of the pool. So she said, I'm going to teach you how to swim. It was a Jesse Polk's swimming pool. And say, what I want you to do is just lie on the wall. <laughs> she told you that too. <laughs> I said, okay. And I found myself at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> I got off the thing. I was doing better before you started teaching me. She said, no, pastor, I want to teach you. She probably said Emmanuel then. said, I want to teach you the proper way to learn how to swim. Let's do it again. Just lie on the water. 
you know the rest of the story. All the way down again. And I got back up again. And we're looking at each other. I said, you know, I don't get this. You acknowledge yourself that I was swimming, but it wasn't good. Now you're trying to teach me. And you said, lie on the water. And I'm trying to lie on the water. I find myself at the bottom of the pool. I get up again. You said, try again. Just lie on the water. I said, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to do what you're saying. And she said, your problem is you're trying. And when you try, and you're trying, you're fighting with the water. Just do what I told you. Lie on the water. Lesson over. I think prayer is the same way. Many of us are struggling to hold on to our problems. And then we say, God, I'm, I'm trying to give it to you, Lord. Amen. Amen. And you picked it back up when you got in the parking lot. You tried while you were here when nobody was cursing you. You try and give it, but you go outside there, you find a scratch on your car. And you lost Yo, hallelujah, amen. <laughs> Let's not try to give to God our problems and our trials. Just give them to him. Give them to him. Okay, I have to continue this. Next week is uh, question and answer. I'll see if you allow me to complete this next week. Okay? Amen. Let us pray.